Triggered Project presents. What does that mean for me if I if I need help that way? And who am I going to ask? And who am I going to talk to? And where am I going to go? You need to understand what's going on in your community. You need to understand what it's like to take the bus in your community and what you don't have access to. There's such a fear of actually trying to face the hardest thing that you've ever had to face because you're not sure what else is going to come with it. Being triggered, it sort of never goes away. Triggered is a buzzword and the kids have picked up on it. Yo, the way you talking to me right now, yo, you got me mad triggered. I need to talk to the nurse. We're really not meant to have lasted as long as we have. No, you were supposed to mess this up a long time ago. <laughs> Y'all can't see me, but straight side eye right there. This is Living a Triggered Life. For more information on the Living a Triggered Life podcast, go to www.triggeredone.com. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to our very special live podcast taping of Living a Triggered Life. I'm James Monroe. I'm the producer of adult programs and theater experiences here at the Museum of Science Boston, and I'm so excited to be introducing this really wonderful night. I'm also thrilled to be standing here in front of a live in-person audience here in Connors Theater. It's very exciting. Uh, you, uh, We are obviously a limited capacity, but you are all very enthusiastic, I can tell already. Uh, you are all fully masked, socially distanced, safe enough distance away from us here on stage. So we thank you for being here. We're also live streaming this out to a virtual audience who's watching with us uh, on YouTube right now. So a huge hello to our digital friends out there. Thank you for tuning in. Just a few final uh, house announcements before we get started for those of you who are here in person. If you need to leave the program early for any reason, we ask you to do so by going up the stairs and through the exit in the rear of the theater if possible. Uh, we also ask you to pull out those cell phones silence them. Uh, we are taping tonight as a podcast episode, so we'd like the house to be as quiet as possible. Uh, but we are so excited to be here tonight with the team from uh, the Living a Triggered Life podcast, uh, Keith and Roxanne Maskell. And they are joined tonight by our very special guest, Emmy Award winning producer and host of The Real Genie, Mai Jenkins. Yes, you can give her a round of applause. Come on. It's a Thursday night. We're here. It's exciting. And they're here tonight to have a conversation about how our trauma and our mental health can impact our relationships, our marriages, our family dynamics, and so much more. They're going to go deep tonight. Uh, and we're just so honored that we could host this podcast and this event. Now, tonight is just a part of our current fall season of adult programming here at the museum. We have an incredible lineup of events and experiences every week now through December. So I encourage you to check out our full lineup and pick up your tickets for all of those by going to uh, mos.org slash adults. Pretty easy to remember. Uh, if you want to learn more about all of our special guests tonight and their work, you can do so by checking out our Living a Triggered Life podcast virtual program. If you're visiting with us in person, you can just uh, scan the QR code on the signage outside of the theater on your way out. And if you're joining us uh, virtually, you can scan the QR code that'll be on your screen a little bit later on. And finally, a little bit later on, Keith and Roxanne and Jeannie will be taking some of your questions. So if you do have a question at any time, you can quietly pull out your smartphone and go to slido.com and enter the code TRIGGEREDLIFE, all one word, just as it appears on the screen right now. Uh, and they'll try and get through as many of those a little bit later on as they can. I need to thank our friends from the Science Sandbox, which is an 
initiative of the Simons Foundation for their ongoing support of the adult programming here at the museum. We would not be here without them. So just sending a huge thank you to our friends at Science Sandbox. But now it is my honor to get this night going and to welcome to the stage first uh, from the Triggered Project, co-host of the Living a Triggered Life podcast, your co-hosts tonight, Keith and Roxanne Maskell. And then last but definitely not least, our very special guest tonight, we're so honored to have her here. She is the Emmy Award winning producer and host of the Fox daytime TV talk show, The Real, a philanthropist and a newly pregnant mom-to-be. Please welcome Jeannie Mai Jenkins. Welcome to Living a Triggered Life podcast with Keith and Roxanne, presented by The Triggered Project. Find out more information about The Triggered Project, go to www.triggered1.com. Welcome, 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 welcome to Living a Triggered Life Podcast. I'm Keith Maskell, and I'm with... Roxanne Maskell. And hey. we are so excited to be here, because we are live at the Museum of Science in Boston, Massachusetts, and we have a very special guest with us this evening, Emmy Award-winning producer and host of the Fox Daytime show, The Real Philanthropist and newly pregnant mom to be... <laughs> Miss Jeannie Mai Jenkins, what's good? Hey, how you doing? Hey. Hi, Hello, everybody. Honey. What's up, Boston? <laughs> yes. Hey. Boston, man, this energy is so dope. I don't get to come out to Boston a lot, so to be invited here is such an honor. Thank no, you so much. No, no, thank you so much, because yes. not a lot of people come to Boston, to be honest with you. <laughs> Like I gotta like I gotta I gotta keep it at one hundred. Like most of the time you know, we gotta go other places to see people in for in concerts and things like that. <laughs> you true. know, we're lucky that Jill Scott showed up like fifteen times. <laughs> So, you know what I mean? So it's a big deal. So thank you yeah, so much. Thank course. you, thank you, thank you, yes, thank you thank so you. much uh for being here. Um it means a lot to us. Um so let's jump in. And we usually start out with a check-in. That's just how we do. So um, Roxanne really doesn't care about me. So I always <laughs> start out with her and say, what's up, Rox? How you doing? Why are you going to do me like that? I it's, mean, we got we got a guest from out of town, <laughs> and you still doing the same damn thing. Well, I mean, like, it's not going to change. All right. We keep I'm it 100. Good. We keep it 100. I, uh, I'm doing my check-in. Okay, sorry. Uh, I'm good. I had a rough day today. Mm -hmm. I had to uh, really... Um, show out to protect the people that I work with. Sometimes you need somebody to show up for you. So I was showing up for people today. I was showing up for my people. So I am so happy to be ending my day like this though, because the beginning was rough. I wasn't yeah. sure what was gonna happen, but I'm good. I'm so much better now. Yeah, yeah. And I know Roxanne, you're not really gonna ask me, so I'm just gonna say how I'm doing. <laughs> Keith, um, how you doing, boo? Oh, thank you, Rox. I appreciate that. Anybody <laughs> so who's listening anybody babe. who's listening to the podcast, you know this is what happens. She never asked me anything about about myself and how I'm doing. I explained to you what that was all about. Okay. So we have of course we have new company. 
Um, so, oh, you don't want me to tell you now then? No, you can tell me whatever you want to tell I'm me. I'm just saying, I'm not used to this. I'm not used to being like in front of people, eyeballs on me. Mm. So I get like lost in my head and I have all these questions and all these ideas and thoughts, but I just, it's just darkness. Right. But when we're in the studio by ourselves, none of that matters. <laughs> anyway, right. so um, well, remember, there's things called the five love languages where Roxanne's way of checking in on you may be a totally different way than just asking questions. Did she make some meals for you recently? Has no. she given you some affection? No. Has she kissed you? A little bit. Okay. <laughs> I know she checked out your outfit earlier. She gave you a really nice compliment. Right. So there are other ways, like in Asian culture, like mm -hmm. ain't nobody ever going to ask you how you're doing. You know but what? they'll tell you that you look fat or they'll tell you that you need to. To like mm -hmm. Puerto eat Ricans more. Are like that too. They're like, eat more. You're too skinny. Oh, yeah. It's too skinny. And I'm like, yeah. okay, that means you love me. I got right. it. I heard the yes. message. No, I yes. no. Thank you know you what? Thank you for that. I really, I really appreciate <laughs> that. Um, mm -hmm. because she really doesn't care about my outfits, to be perfectly honest I with you. I do care about your outfits. People are always like, who dresses you? Me. <laughs> yes, you do a very good job. That's it. But let me get back to the just this um <laughs> I digress. Um, let's get back to just the check-in. Um I feel really blessed, to be honest, um, to have this opportunity, to have this platform, to have you here. Um, and it's been rough lately. I can't, I can't lie. I'm emotional right now um, because sometimes as a survivor, when we speak up and we tell the truth, it doesn't mean that people don't continue to try to hurt us. Mm -hmm. And my abuser's been continually trying to hurt me. You know what I'm saying? Putting bills in my name, using my social security and things like that. And so yeah. that's really, that's difficult. Um, and it got confirmed, you know, uh, this week. And, you know, other families involved as well. So um, it's just been, it's been tough for me. Um, and, uh, but, you know, I'm doing the best I can with it. You know what I'm saying? Trying to figure out what that wellness package is and, and create art and, and everything else, but um, it's rough right now. It's rough. It's real, and um, I can't. I can't run from that. You know what I'm saying? I I, I can't, um, because this work is bigger than me. Mm -hmm. And so, but I got to make sure that I'm okay, so then I can go and and do this podcast and 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 try to be the best I can for her and. And everything so um that's kind of where i am um but Boo. it's all good but um what's up Jeannie? <laughs> what's up Keith? how you doing how's the how's the baby how's everything tell us what's up thank you for asking i just want to say though on on just a little bit of what you're going through um you're right it's not easy and when you come to realization of what you have been through mm -hmm then comes the onset of dealing with it, right. right? And what helps me to remember always is that trauma is never your fault, mm -hmm. but healing is your responsibility. Yes. yes. So all of this process, as icky as it is, as annoying, as downright you want to, you know, get somebody for it. Right. It's part of the process mm -hmm. that will prune you to become the greatest, most mighty man that you can possibly be. So embrace that. Em embrace it. 
and thank God you have a support system and you Mm -hmm. have this, this is therapy. And I don't mean just this sitting here, but your, your bravery to have a podcast that invites you to be honest about your truth. Yeah. Those are your lifesavers in order for you to get through it. And I promise you, I, I, I would even mark like today and one year from now, we touch base. Right. And I promise you, you will see a clearing that you would only have seen if you got through it this this way. Yeah. So I encourage you. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, I appreciate those words. That means a lot. Yes, of course. Of course. Um, but I'm going to flip it back on you. Jeannie, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good. Um, this is a really, really unique part of my life right now, you know? I, um, as you guys may or may not know, I recently announced, you know, publicly that I'm pregnant. And when you, when you, if you've ever been pregnant or you've never, for me being a new mom, the beginning, you're just doubtful that you can be good enough. And then Mm. you're afraid of getting too excited because I did miscarry once already. So Mm, you don't know if you get too excited and then you tell people, and then what happens if the baby doesn't make it, then you got to go around and tell everybody that didn't make it. Mm. So going public was really big for me. And then as soon as I went public, the first question that everybody asked was why, why, why did you choose to be, to become a mom? Because all my life, if you've known my work on television or me talking to even friends, I've always been very adamant about not being a mom. So for me, coming to realize, coming to answer that for myself was important, you know, because even though I'm not super social, I I always say that I'm an introvert. Yeah. Being around people allows me to ask the questions that you guys ask me that I wouldn't ask myself. Mm. Like if it happened, then I'm, then, then I know I'm in the process and I'm, I know I'm okay and I'm ready to be a mom. But when you really ask it, like, why are you ready to be a mom now? When for 40 years you said, no, you didn't want to do it. I really got to sit down and ask myself, why are you ready? So that process for me is what I'm in right now. And it's a little hard in the sense of realizing some truths about myself. Mm. And then also realizing when you've been lying to yourself, like that's kind of crazy too yeah. when you call yourself out like yo you always said this but that's just an easy way out of really dealing with what you had to deal with right mm-hmm. and that's where i'm at right now and and i love it i i'm that weird person you know how some people love to pop pimples for fun like i like <laughs> popping my own emotional pimples i love right. i love getting in there get that black one right. i like that so so i'm in that right now and it's and it's it's fulfilling yeah because i think that everybody knows when you step into a new transition in your mm-hmm. life, whether it's a new job, getting out of a relationship, going through divorce, right. getting married, having a baby, you really should sit down and have like a kind of like come to Jesus moment where you're with yourself of like, you're stepping onto the next level, you know? And my favorite pastor says this, um, Joyce Meyer, she says new level, new devil. And that's basically saying that with the new level, it doesn't come easy. You don't just all of a sudden put your new nameplate at your new job and all of a sudden like, right. let's do this. Everything's yeah. all good or step into a new marriage and y'all are in honeymoon land and it's perfect. No, there will be new devils, right. new responsibilities, new challenges, yep. new um, things you didn't see financial coming. woes, things you didn't yep. see or maybe things you didn't handle that are going to come up full yep. 3D to yep. you. Yeah. So that's yep. that's kind of where this is. I'm like, yep. okay, what is the new devils that I got to yep. be ready Baggage. for? Right. Mm-hmm. right. Yep. Yeah. Other um, people's baggage, my favorite topic. <laughs> right, no question. Um, right. Did you did you want to ask her a question? Uh, to something that came to you. Why did you f- get that sense from me? Yeah, like that's how we yeah. were. I mean, yeah, I was really saying. into what she was saying. Um, I was just sort of thinking about for myself because you asked me a question backstage about um, how do you know that if you don't have kids? Mm-hmm. We, we were just talking, 
And um, it took me a moment. I, I think I was a little off guard for a second when you asked. And I was just sort of like, and I had said this to Keith, um, and thinking about you coming, you know, I have never talked about, and no one's ever actually asked us why mm. we don't have kids. Mm. And most of the people around me will say, oh, you're such a mother hen because you're always sort of taking care of people. Right. I could see that. And so, you know, when we listening to you and that question back there, I just wanted to be able to say that um, trauma took that away from me because I wasn't sure if I was not going to fuck up a kid because mm -hmm. I'm a fucked up kid. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't, I had this real battle back and forth throughout our relationship right. where I was like, I'm not, I, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready. I'm scared. I don't know if I'm ready. And so on some level, I let trauma take it away from me. And on some level, I let my, the person who abused me, my dad, take that away from me. And now he's gone and I don't have that. And I will not be able to reclaim that. And I say that not to, um, not to damper the moment, but to say, recognize what you need to recognize, deal with it so that you can fulfill your life's journey. I probably would have been a beautiful, fabulous mother, especially next to this dude who has always had my back. And I will never be able to reclaim that in that manner. Hmm. And that's okay. I'm not sad about it. But claiming the moment and understanding, which is what you were referring to, understanding what mm. I lost. Right. And, and sort of being kind of like, yeah, that shit happened, but I'm okay. I'm good. I have other treasures and talents to offer the world. And this is one of them. Yeah. No, thank you for saying that. And just... You know, one, we just have to acknowledge, you know, our two, two God kids that are that are great, Coleman and, you know, Byron my, and my, my Beijing baby, Byronese, um, you know, who mm. has the same Beijing forehead that I do and um, is just as playful as I am. And yeah. um, those are those are two joys in our life. But, yes. you know, thank you for sharing that. And it is something that we haven't talked about and it is something that has been difficult um, for me as well. Um because, you know, I always felt like I didn't want to pass my shit to my child, yeah. right? The intergenerational trauma, you know, of, uh, of this sexual abuse um, that's kind of been in my family, um, but also just other shit, right? It just got me really kind of apprehensive and like, like we're not, didn't feel like we were straight. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or in a place they're like, wow, like, you know, we struggle sometimes to take care of each other. Like, how are we going to take care of a child? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, that was the, you know, that was the fear, you know. Um, and so it's something that was a hard decision and, and things. And um, but we, you know, we made it individually and then made it together. Yeah, you did. You know what I'm saying? So um, so thank you for that honesty as always, Rox. You know, I love you to pieces. You know what I mean? And um you know, there's nothing we can't do. So if you want to adopt a dog, like, like Does I'm somebody down. record that? Because I've been asking to adopt a dog for a while. <laughs> somebody get that on, on film, please. You know, I get amnesia from time to time. Um, 
convenience. But, um, no, thank you for that. I just think that's yeah. that's just real. So Jeannie, thank you for even, you know, you talked about it on Instagram and things yeah. like that. And I started another yeah. conversation between me and her. Yeah. So so thank you for that. And um, you know, let me just say, you know, I've been following you for a long time. Um, which I told you about, and the fact that you've always been authentic, the fact that you did go on the, on the reel and disclose, and that meant so much to me as a survivor, uh, but also to talk about your relationships and, and, and things like that. And so, um, you know, it made sense um, for, us to, for us to talk to you. And so, so thank you for always, always just being real, like, you know, pun intended. Yeah, no, um, thank you. But I got to ask the question, like, why the hell you wanted to come to Boston to talk to us? <laughs> like, yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. people are like, why is Jeannie Ma coming to Boston to talk to Keith and Roxanne? <laughs> you know, honestly, the name of your podcast triggered me. Um, mm. Living a Triggered Life, that is a beautiful way of owning mm. if you have been traumatized. Yeah. Whether it was in your childhood, whether it was just last year, whether it's in a current relationship, trauma doesn't have to be somebody coming up to you in the middle of the night when you get off the bus and clock you on the head, you know, with a metal object. It can be somebody just verbally spewing things at you for a long time where you just internalize it. Right. It could be being in a relationship where you start to perform or be a different personality because you want to appease this person but you don't realize that you're you're you know you're feeling um, trapped or you're feeling mm. afraid to to mess up something. It could be generational trauma that right. passes down to you. It could be poverty. It could be anything, right? So it's hard to find a person that doesn't live a triggered life. And I know for one, right. for me, as soon as I owned that I have triggers, I was much more capable of calling them out and starting to heal. Mm. And my husband is a big part of that. You know, right. I don't think walking into that relationship with him that I knew I was living a triggered life. Um, right. And we can talk more about that in a bit. But when I saw your podcast title, I was like, I am here for mm. anybody who makes it their business. Like makes men, when I say making it their business, I'm talking about like you literally open the wounds as mm. uncomfortable as it may be to talk about your shit, to talk about my shit, so that we can all gain some gems from that together and heal as a group. Yes. You know, because obviously I do believe that hurt people can hurt people. Right. But healed people can heal people. Mm. And yeah. so what you guys are doing here is a great service to all of us. And I'm, I'm, I should be thankful to you guys because you're healing me in the process of having me here. So thank you. No, thank you. Um, that's, that's awesome. Wow. That's um, emotional. I can't help it. Who knew you sharing the deepest, darkest parts of your life was going to bring what it has brought to us? We've, we've been really blessed by just sharing our truths and putting ourselves out there. More you than me, because you do a lot of the behind the scenes. I just show up and make sure I do my part and support you. But just understand something, right? This is supposed to be fucking happening. Right? Yes, right. This is supposed to happen. She's supposed to be here. Yeah. They're supposed to be here witnessing this. It's supposed to happen. 
Yeah, I did think about it, but I forget. So <laughs> we just have to embrace, embrace. You tell me this all the time. Be present. Yeah. See, don't just see the negative. See the positive. Yeah. Embrace it. You tell me that all the time. That's where you at, boo. Embrace this. This woman right here just threw us like all kinds of love yeah. in that answer. Yeah. I mean, love that we wouldn't expect. Yeah. Right? But it came our way. And that's been happening because we're speaking the truth. Because we are utilizing our essence with the world. And that's what happens. Yeah, no, I felt it. That's why, because I am president and vulnerable, and I felt that love. Yeah. And so, you know, I got emotional. I'm, I'm not upset about that at all. All right, just making sure I'm no, checking you know in. Better, you know better than that. I'm not upset about that at all. So, you know, I'm just, I'm, I get moved from time to time because I've thought about this. You know, when you think about it, when you have, you know, level 14 pain from shingles, and you think about everything, and then it happens, you're like... Just in that moment, there's no way that you can't be emotional about that. Mm -hmm. You know right. what I'm saying? Because a lot of this work, you know, came from from pain. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's thank real. you for that. Um, but mm -hmm. um, let's keep moving. Um, so, you know, how does how does the, how does the trauma affected you know your relationships, um, you know, with your family and and you know and personal. Because you touched about it, talked about it a little bit. Yeah. Right? I think the first, the first part of realizing that uh, trauma affects all parts of my relationships, my personality, my, you know, going through 20 and 30, I only came out about my um, sexual abuse at 40. Right. So I have a YouTube channel called Hello Honey. And on this channel, I confronted my mom because I really don't care about my abuser anymore. I know exactly where he's, he's you know, he's over there and I, 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 don't, I, I don't care about that situation. Right. I cared more about what's still in my life, which is my mom. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we had a major falling out for about, um, since I was about 13 to about 24. And now we're really close. Um, her name is Mama Mai. She's everything to me. She's so fun. She's vivacious. She's, she's like, she's my alter ego, you know? Yeah. But the one dark part that I had about my mom is why she bailed on me when I needed her, mm. when I told her that I got raped. Mm. And when I was nine, you know, and it was a family member that she approved to come and babysit me, mm. you know? So confronting her on my channel was the first time I had ever spoken about it. And when I tell you, that freed everything within yes. me. Yes. It made me think about something that I say all the time today, which is own the shit you hide or the shit you hide will own you. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's honestly my entire train of thought today, which is when I was hiding, not just the abuse, obviously you're not going to rock around telling people all the time that this happened to you. Right. But when you hide... Um, that you're kind of chicken shit if people um, who seem stronger than you will come in and, and take advantage of you or bully you, that you really are a people pleaser and you're embarrassed about it. Mm -hmm. Maybe you are insecure about your body in certain places and you are supposed to, for me, and as Jeannie Mai, supposed to act all about it and supposed to right. act like I'm confident all the time. 
if I'm supposed to act like I've got all the answers. Like I'm not owning that. No, I, I am flawed. I do have insecurities. I'm still figuring out how to stand up to people and say no. You know, all these things that happened from my abuse and and just becoming that personality. Well, then that eventually owns me. Mm-hmm. You know, when people yeah. call you out like, you ain't being real, you said this, but you mean, but you're doing this. Or, you know, no. you act like you're all confident, but you really don't carry yourself that way. Or, or you know, if I read comments on Instagram, it does eat me up alive. I got to own those things. And right. so... So confronting my mom, for some reason, it not only unleashed a connection with my mom and and to forgive and understand why she didn't know what to say at the time and she owned that, but it also just made me go, whoa, when that, when all the ugly surfaced about what has happened to me because of that type of trauma, all of a sudden it felt so much easier to tell people like, no, I get anxiety when I go to a bunch of parties. I actually don't want to go to your crazy ass party, but you can come (laughs) over to my house on, you know, next Friday or you know, if I'm wearing something that doesn't make me feel good about myself, looking up in the in the mirror and being like, Jeannie, you cute, but you don't like this because it makes you focus too much on this area and you don't like that area of your body. Right. So let's either go work out or find another outfit, but own that instead of just walking around, you know, looking like this and trying to wait for somebody, you know, or feeling apprehensive when somebody else points it out in you, you know? Um, so I think my 20s and 30s, I spent a lot of time trying to be something that I wasn't. I was trying to be more confident, trying to be more strong, try to be the person that can carry the persona that we all look up to, which is a strong, defiant woman who looks like she has all the answers. But that really isn't me. At the end of the day, I'm that woman who is trying to heal, gain a better grip on what it is about myself and why I think the way I do, why I love the way I do, Mm. why I'm passionate about things and why I don't care about certain things. And, and the more that I own that, the more I like myself, you know? So I think from 20 to 30, when you ask what my trauma was like, I read somewhere that the four types of, you would probably know this more than me, Roxanne, but the four types of ways of dealing, I'm sorry, the four types of effects that trauma can cause you is Fight or flight, which we yeah. all know, right. freeze and yeah. appease. Mm-hmm. And I've been through all four of those all the way up until like two years ago. Right. You know, I, I definitely fought a lot when I was younger. If you go back to Milpitas High and I, I come from the Bay. So if, right. you, if you go to the Independence High School, Milpitas High School, um, Piedmont High School, these are all the high schools that I transferred to. All I did was fight. I don't know why, but I just, I, that was my, my, if somebody fucked with you all you knew need right. to do was just let's right. go it's on right yep. and then the next thing was flight you just ghost i was so good at ghosting mid-20s like if i didn't like a guy because he maybe said something that felt too slick for me or maybe i i was dating somebody and then i got afraid of getting into mm-hmm. the commitment i knew how to ghost and i would flight you know right and then freeze that was a big part of my 30s i definitely remember times where i let people bully me mm. or I think even in my past marriage, I kind of froze at some points where I right. knew it wasn't right, but you freeze and you just don't know what to do. And then appease. I went through a big people-pleasing stage in my late mm. 30s where if I if somebody wasn't happy, I would immediately be like, what can I do? Well, let me fix this. Right. I, I'm sorry, even though yeah. I didn't do anything wrong. Right. But those people, they know how to prey on people who- Yes, they do. They know how to prey on yes, you they if do. they see like, oh, you you want right. to try to please me. Right. And so you you become codependent on each other. Right. So I had to, you know, cut bridges with friends, mm-hmm. find how to clear that path. And so now I'm in a much healthier place because I think what I've done is I've done the work to 
to really clean up my environment. You know, you know what it was? I read this one time and I actually put it into practice. I read a quote that said, if a flower doesn't bloom, what do you blame? The, fr- the flower or the environment, right. right? So if this plant didn't bloom, yeah. we're not gonna say, oh, stupid fucking plant, this fucking sucks. Where'd you right. get this at? Exactly, right. <laughs> no, you're gonna be like, there's no water in the jar, which right. there really isn't any water in the jar. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're gonna be like, there's no sun in here, it's dark as hell, right. we need right. some sun, right. we need some light, we need some soil, yeah. we need some water. Right. But we don't do that to ourselves. No. When, we, when we fail to bloom, or when we're not happy with ourselves, we shit on ourselves. We yeah, talk we smack about ourselves. Right. We let ourselves down, right? But really, you don't look at your environment. Are you around healthy people? Are right. you having healthy conversations? Or are right. you all you doing sitting around a group of people that just talk shit about other people all day? Right. Are you nurturing yourself? Are mm-hmm. you getting the foods you need? Are you working out? Are you getting outside to actually see some right. fresh air? Yes. Are you filling your mind with good content? Or are you sitting there on the gram? All you're doing is just right. stalking and trolling right. Right. and looking at negative things about people. Yeah. That was totally me. Yeah. I didn't have a healthy environment. I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't eating right. I kind of learned that. I actually was malnutritioning myself. I had a low-key eating disorder because I was mm. keeping to about maybe five to 600 calories a day. Total mm. another side, side convo about not taking care of myself. I was in an unhealthy relationship. I wasn't being real with myself. And then I also compared myself to people on the gram all day long. I had my algorithm was all people I wish I kind of was like. Right. So when I started to stop following things on Instagram and comparing myself to people that I don't really want to be like, and I got rid of friends and people that weren't healthy for my mental needs And I really just started spending time by myself Mm -hmm. to start making myself start answering the hard questions and talking to myself. That's when I started to bloom. Yeah. So let's let's just go to that. I know, Roxanne, this is your question. You have a question? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, You do. But so what is the do you feel like you were ready to meet Jeezy? Do you feel like you had done the work, um, you know, to be able to, to see him him go, yeah, and you were like, and you, you were like, yeah, like, because, you know, like, even when I met Roxanne and we were talking about it and stuff like that, we, we both had, were a mess, but we had done enough work that we could see each other. And then we started that process of, you know, Roxanne said it before that our trauma kid, kids grew up together. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But, um, you know, you going through so much, Jeezy having his hood trauma and the whole mm-hmm. nine. What was the work that you had to do um, to be able to receive or to see that there was something beautiful in front of you? Yeah. So the two part question is, one, did you feel like you were ready at that point? And two, what was the work that you feel like you did? to be able to kind of mm. receive that moment. Yeah. I definitely think that if I met Jeezy 10 years ago, maybe even five years ago, yeah. I wouldn't be as ready as I am now. Right. And I say that because when you do begin to do the work on yourself, you are truly capable of owning your truths and the greatest gift to any relationship and you guys might know this is being self-aware enough to fix you or to fix the situation because who you are and 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 what you're doing over there is not my business you know your perception of me 
is a reflection of you. But my reaction to you is an awareness of me. Mm, right. So I got to work on myself, you know? So when he met me, I had already done so much work on myself that I was like, when I tell you guys confidence, Jeezy, it could have been juicy. It could be whatever. I was like, <laughs> what do you have for me? What, what, who, why why do, should I give you my time mm -hmm. of day? Right. And that's a sense of confidence I didn't have when I was 20 or yes. when I was 30, you know? Yes. I really, because back then, if somebody... Right you know, gave me attention, I would immediately be like, hey, hi. How you doing? You know? But no, now it was like, why? Tell right. me why. Yeah. Right. And I was just unbothered. Not in a cocky way, not in a mean way, just in a way of like, I know I am a queen. I know I'm that. Right. B, you know, I know this. So, so why do you know and show right. me? Right. And he's the, he's the same for him. Yeah. He was like, I'm the shit. <laughs> you know, I'm Jeezy. I'm the snowman. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And so you show me. And so both of us, it wasn't an ego thing. It was more of a... No, of course. No. It was more of a, wow, we know our worth so well mm. that how are we able to spar so that we actually complement each other and roll the red carpet out for one another and make each other feel so esteemed, but at the same time, so served in this love you, that we have to yes. create. You know what? You know what? You know what it is, Rox? What we is talk it? about it all the I time. I know. We what do is talk it? about it all the time. Y'all were mind fucking. Y'all ah. were mind fucking. <laughs> people yes. don't talk about that. Yes. But you people, into... people think that it's all about the physical. No. no. It's not. No, 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 it's no, not. no, no, no. It's not. Y'all were, were mind fucking for sure. <laughs> like, and that's a beautiful, like, that's a beautiful yes. thing. Like, and... We don't think about it in that way, but when you're yep. intellectually stimulated by somebody else and you you just that synergy goes back and forth and yes. things like mm -hmm. that and whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when it just happens naturally, it's a beautiful it's a and beautiful when, thing. But the piece about it is, which is what you said, when you're feeling the whole of yourself. Yes. Right. So if I'm sitting like this. Yeah. Right, versus sitting up. Arching my back. Yep. Right when you feel the whole of yourself, mm -hmm. then you bring that to the relationship, yes. right. to the moment, to just all of it, and mm -hmm. that's what happened with us. Where right. we we told you we didn't we weren't seeing each other when we first met for like six months. We just talked on the phone. We were mind fucking, yes, and yeah. it was great. It's right. true because right. when we did come together, yeah, it was just like firecrackers. Right. It was like, woo, yes, yes, this is, this is gonna work. No, it's so true. Yeah. I actually, um, I, I never knew this, but I am a true sapiosexual, a person who gets turned on by, yeah. you know, the work that takes place between my ears, not the work between my legs. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and I really enjoy that he is the same way. Right. And I think we both, you know, when we're younger, we went for what you know society really has an impression on you so whether you're younger and you go for the the hot sexy dude that like all your friends be telling you about or the right. guy that hits you up on the club in the club right. or the guy who has like the money or the cars or all these things that you're supposed to think is fly right right but it wasn't until i quieted the noise and worked on myself that i was like no i actually really love intelligence Yes. And I love sensitivity and vulnerability and deep conversations and right. good sick sense of humor, you know? Oh, I yeah. these yep. things that have nothing to do with the physical. Right. And so our first date was actually just I think it was 
gosh, like six to maybe, maybe eight to 10 hours of just talking and right. salsa dancing. He salsa danced too. That, I give him dabs That's on bomb. that. Yes. But that, that alone just showed me like, oh my God, like we could not even touch the physical and I'm good here. Like I'm right. hot I bothered can go home and I'm now. good. Right. Yes, right. yes, exactly. Yeah. But you have to work on yourself in order to know these things. And that's why like anybody out there who's single, yo, right. this is a magical time for you. I yes. envy you if you're single because when you are quiet, that's when you can simmer the noise and listen to sound. The sound of your thoughts, the sound of your needs, right. the sound of yep. the things that you should work on. Right. And, and when you really date yourself and take care of yourself, mm-hmm the right person who comes along and starts to be able to handle it as good as you did right. is when you really start having quality dating. Yeah. Yes. But, but what's it, what's also important with that, and thank you for saying that because that's important, is that, you know, even in this relationship and things like that. Which one? This one? <laughs> well, I mean, I just met Jeannie. We're just, this is a new relationship. Are you relationship. talking about, uh, okay. No, no, yeah. You, uh, yeah, you. Um, just checking. That like, it's important for her, like you were saying before, that like, I try to do the best that I can be for me. She's being the best that she can for her. Mm-hmm. And then we come together. But it's important for me to have my quiet space. Yes. And it's important for her to have her quiet space. And I res- try to respect her quiet space as much as possible because that's how she's that's how she's doing exactly what you were telling the single folks to do. It's important yes. that you do that in relationships. So good. Because if not, then you start to lose, you start to lose yourself because you're, you know, you're connected. Cause we're so connected. It's like, like, you know what I mean? The other night she was like, I felt some tension and I was like, she was up and I was like, <laughs> like up. She's like, Ninja, why are you up? I said, and I was what like, are you doing? What are you doing? And I was like, yo, I feel that tension from you, yo. Yo, I feel it. Freaking weirdo. And she was like, you're stupid. Go to sleep. I was too. I was like, like I'm having my me time right now. <laughs> Go away. But no, thank you. No, thank you for saying that. Because um, that's important for us to have our time. And, um, yeah. you know, to replenish, um, to find art to write poetry um, and all those great, all those great things. You have a question, Roxanne? Why are you looking at me like that? Because you don't write poetry? Do you write poetry? Um, I got no. A, I have a one-man show that I wrote a little bit oh, with John on the Wally Whatever. <laughs> I whatever. do write poetry. So I do have a question. This yeah. is like, this hater. might be a little off topic. She's such a hater. Um, what's it like being with a black man? <laughs> No, I'm just saying because I had a drive-by. I, I hope nobody gets offended. I had a drive-by of a white man, and we got real close to it. <laughs> well, you had a what? I had a drive-by with a white man. She's from the she's from the Bay, so that means something. That means something when you say that. So you got to be careful. She from yeah, the Yay. Bring it down. Bring it okay? down. She me. from the Yay. So you can't just be throwing out stuff. Yeah, break you know? it down. Break it down. Let's just make sure the clarity is here in the room. What's a drive-by, Roxanne? He showed up. He got naked. I said, hell no. And he went out the door. He took out the gun. And I it didn't happen. I just couldn't do it. I was like, hmm. You smell weird. <laughs> it was bad. I just, I, I was trying. He was cute. He was cute, man. <laughs> cute. I only do cute. But I got to a place where I was really clear you must be a black man. 
I couldn't even fuck with Puerto Rican men, but I think my dad fucked that up for me. I think I could have mm-hmm. been with a Puerto Rican man, but he That's fucked real. that up for me. Yeah. So I just was like, mm. I had a little Puerto Rican boyfriend when I was in high school, though. And we would ride the train in New York up and down because I couldn't date boys. I couldn't do anything. So we would just ride the train and talk basketball. That was the only Puerto Rican man. We did, we, that was my little boyfriend, Louis. I wonder what happened to him. <laughs> But anyway, what I want to know, so I'm sharing my history because I want to know. Because Lewis, I think if you're out there, you know what I'm saying, find Roxanne. Get in touch with me. We need Roxanne to talk basketball. Jesus <laughs> <laughs> So I'm asking because Lord. that's my experience. Like, yeah. I was like, I'm going to try this out. And then I was like, hmm, that's a no. And when I was telling folks, my people close to me that you were coming to talk with us, they were like, you know, she said, and I was like, really? Oh, I'm going to ask her what it's like to be with a black man. Because, you know, they say when you go black, you never go back. So just wondering if you have any. Let's not talk stereotypes. I'm I'm just saying that's what they said. I didn't say it. Honey, they saw the clip. Uh, They saw the clip. I I guess I did say it. Okay, go ahead. So I'm just wondering what it's like for you. Like, is it different? Is it the same? And it sounds like, I don't know. Of course, I don't know him personally. I just met you. But he sounds legit. But what is it like? He's dope. I think, I mean, I guess you're talking physically, right? No, 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 you're talking just in okay. general. No, no, general. general. Okay, no, I'm saying, I'm just, no, I'm telling yeah. you my no. See, physical. Genie saw the clip too. I was like, Dang. Genie saw the clip too. That's that's why. Um, no, my apologies. I no, was not speaking physically. No, I'm no. sorry. I'm Survivor sorry. Survivor. Right, right. I was speaking. No, 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 no. My apologies. No, I'll no. tell you right now. So, like I said, f- from the very day that we dated, it definitely wasn't just a physical thing you know it was it was all mental if I'm honest the way we we became attracted to each other and I've never been in that type of relationship before that that to me is new when you're so attracted to someone mentally that all your physical starts racing because of how much you want to dig deep into this someone this someone's brain how much you want to learn about them so for me I mean when I'm intimate with with my man it is because of how much I know of him and how much I know he knows and how much I want to learn more about him that that is truly a completely different sexual high than I've ever mm-hmm. had in anybody else and then the mental high of it is also something that keeps me engaged and 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 pumped for him so that that that's just a that's just a jeezy thing right that's just him um I think what I really love though about understanding Jay as a black man is really appreciating the depth of what he's come from. Mm. And I don't just mean his culture, his heritage, his family history, his ancestors, but also just where he's come from in his childhood. Right. You know, just coming from a place like Hawkinsville, Atlanta, Mm. um, how he had to take care of his family, how he had to buy a trailer for his family to survive and live in, how he had to help put his sister through school, how he had a son at 16 and how he managed to learn to become a man as he was raising one. It's just, Mm. those are the type of things that really teach me 
the esteem respect I have for mm. this man and to be black in America right. on top of all that. That's right. You know, he tells me stories about how he had to have white partners co-sign certain paperwork for him because they wouldn't give him the 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 rights to go and buy a building that he wanted to buy. Right. right. You know, right. or to go and make the business moves that his white counterparts could do mm. because he was who he is. Right. And those are things I will never understand because I never grew up in it. So I have to learn. And yeah. that to me, when you learn the type of strife a person goes through just to survive in the same country that I, I live in, my mind is blown constantly by this being my husband right. and that being now the father of our child. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, yes. no, thank you for that. And I think one thing that you, you know, that's really interesting is that, you know, you're talking about, and you know, I'm a survivor, you're a survivor and that, you know, we go intellectual first. Right. Yeah. In yes. terms of being, in terms of intimacy, right? So the intel, it seems mm. like the intellectual part allows the rest of the body to be present. Yes. And so, like, just something that I just, you know, that I just thought about, and even Roxmosis. Well, you know what it is, because Roxanne's a psychotherapist. um, There's something that happens that's called that I call Roxmosis. That I start talking like her, and I have no reason why. Like sometimes (laughs) he just did it. He just did it. (laughs) Like I'm a therapist, and I'm not. Um, But. Yeah. yeah, that's no, I just but think it's that's true. Really, no, yeah. but it's true. Keith. So one, I will say, let me just say, when I walk around with Keith in the world, and realize and notice how people treat him, hmm. you know, I, I have those moments of, um, like, currently my thing is, I never want you to drive. That's my thing lately. I don't want you to drive because I'm scared. I'll drive. Yeah. Use my light skin. Maybe I'll get pulled over, maybe I won't, but I don't want you to drive. So I, I get, I just want to sort of find a, a middle ground with you in understanding what you were saying. And then the other piece is, you know, uh, some people were like, why the Museum of Science? And I was saying to Keith, you know, a lot of what we're talking about this trauma is all about the neurobiology of the brain. Yes. Right? Your Shout body out to remembers. James Shout out to James Moreau and, and the Museum of Science for having us. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Your body remembers what happened to it. Right. And your brain has to, you know, reprocess what hmm. happened to you. Wow. And so the brain piece or using your brain or, or sort of being inclined to sort of use your brain in that way and then it connect to your body is sometimes a way to sort of avoid the harm that was done mm. to you, right? Yeah. Because wow. if you initially just, you know, like, you know, I work with a lot of um, young people, if you, you know, the, the hookup scenario, if you initially just doing the hookup and you've been, your body's been harmed, it only takes a split second for, for that individual to do something that makes you question what, what's happening here, am I safe? What do I need to do? Or sometimes what happens is your brain takes over and shuts everything down. Right. And so like it is surprising to hear that that was something similar. Yeah. But when you really think about it, 
you have a little bit more control of the situation when you connect intellectually prior to the physical. Right. Yes. You know that you're safe because you're in a conversation. Mm. Because my famous question has always been for men who want to talk to me, what are your intentions? Right? right. And that stops them in their they, they they stop in their tracks. They're like, whoa, what do you mean? Why are you asking me what are my intentions? And right. that's because I felt something in my body about what you were doing and what's going on. The energy yeah. didn't feel right. And I'm pausing you right now and I'm giving you a heads up that you need to step away. Mm. Right. But not everybody has done the work to be able to do that. And so sometimes you can really control a situation being intellectual in the conversation. Because then you can continue to scan, you can continue to listen, right? Look and understand, what am I seeing here? Am I all right? Yeah. Am I gonna be all right with you? Yeah. Yes. And that's not across the board, right? but you know, it makes sense in a way. Yeah, no, thank you for that. Um, we, we gotta get to some, Chini, thank you so much. Of course. Um, we have to, some folks have some questions. Um, oh, yes, so do? we're taking like right. wow, this is this is unbelievable. I thought people were going to ask about the clip, Roxanne, but they haven't. The clip, because um, they know what happened in the clip. Okay, <laughs> um, so here's a, here's a question, um, and I won't necessarily use the name, but um, have have any triggers taken you over the edge, and what do you do to cope? I guess uh, um, Roxanne, you can start first. Oh, I can? How come you're Jeannie not starting? and I starting? looked at each other and we were like, Roxanne's going to Oh, you start. both did this? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it? Uh, um, so, you know, we just had this conversation uh, recently with um, Charlemagne the God for a quick second. We talked about using the word trigger versus activated. Right. Mm -hmm. Activated is more sort of um, closer to what's happening in your body and right. your brain and, you know, the whole scenario. And I was activated today because thinking about coming here and being on stage and with two fashion-focused people and how... So a lot of my trauma, what remains for me is how I see my body mm. and how I emotionally eat. And so I was very activated. He said he was going to talk to me, so I'm getting ahead of him. So before he talks about me, I was very activated in what I was wearing because I have a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in my brain mm -hmm. and I'm very worried about how people see my body. I'm more so more worried how I see my own body hmm. and I'm getting better, um, but that has been a super long journey. And for people who don't know, I used to be around 350. Wow. Yeah. And that, the majority of that weight that I was carrying, that extra weight, was all my father's baggage mm -hmm. and my mother's baggage and all the things that happened prior intergenerationally. And that's what I figured out after I lost like 100 and plus pounds. So that's what activates me. Clothing, how it fits how this world doesn't make clothes for my ass. Your ass has a legacy. Yes, Just it does. Anybody who's listening to the podcast knows. That, oh, wait, did they hear that one yet? I hope they heard that one yet. You all didn't hear that yet. That's, that's part of the New York one that she says my ass. But let me just say for the record, yo, we Roxanne brought out this Nike 
jacket. We know that people who know us know that we're Nike fools or whatever. But this jacket is an $800 jacket that we got at Marshall's for $49.99. The tag hey. is still on it. The yes. tag, the tag is still on it, and I bought it for her, and I said, "You're gonna fit into this." And she was like, "I'm gonna wear it." She was like, "I'm gonna wear the jacket," because I was like, "I just grabbed some pants from Zara or whatever," and I was, she was like, "I'm gonna wear the jacket," and I was like, "What jacket are you talking about?" She's like, "No, the jacket," and I was like, "The the motorcycle jacket." Like, how many years have we had this? Like twenty. Twenty years. Oh. Never wore it. Never wore it until I fit it. until Yo. right now. Yes! Look, the tag is still on the joint because we're like, we are always going to remember that we no, bought it I for four ninety nine. We bought it for $49.99 and it was $879. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I love saving money. <laughs> look, look, you have more time. We go shop at Primark, it'll be over. <laughs> look. Listen. I'm sorry. Let's get back to this. No, we'll have to tell you about Primark because you're going to have to come back. We have to go shopping. Damn, I'm look, in, I'm in. I'm Shopping so for in. the baby. Like, oh, okay. We got it. I'm shopping sorry. Shopping for the baby. Um, so we, uh, next question is, is uh, I've been cheated on in all but one relationship. I've taken all the blame and it harms my relationships. I want that to stop, but I don't have the tools. Any tips where to start? Oof. Um, that hits me hard. Yeah, that's it. Really that's hits a, me hard because there's nothing worse than finding out you've been cheated on. But to yeah. find out numerous times, yeah, then yeah. that and I'm just keeping it real here. That becomes an issue that you need to recognize about yourself because you're permitting these things to happen to you. Right. I mean, men are men. You know, there's good men. There's bad men. But men are going to be men. How you deal with these situations when they come at you is one thing. But also how you screen and filter the right. men that you give your time to yes. is everything. Yes. Right? So I feel like you and I are going to tag team this one, Roxanne, right? I think the first thing is to just chill out from dating for a second. That's, this is what I would do. And I would really spend that time that I sat here talking about with yourself and really go deep. And, and, and only you will know this answer, but to really figure out what is it that you feel you need in a relationship? What do you need versus what do you want? Right. And I would even, I'm a good, I like seeing, I like making lists because then I can read and see but I would make a list of all of these these men that you dated and write down what first attracted you. Like, why, why did you go for them? Was it stability? Was it something nice they said about you? Did they just compliment you? Was it the D? What, I don't know what it was. Just whatever it was, write it all down. And then what did you think you were going to get from them? Like, literally write down. Did you think one was going to give you security? Did you think one was um, loyal? Did you think one was just like a good look on your arm? Whatever Love. it may be. Uh-huh. Love, right? And then what I really, this is the column to really pay attention to, is the red flags. Mm -hmm. Every time something goes wrong, I promise you as a woman, your intuition the whole time was sitting there saying, bitch, I told you. Right. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> you know, but that's you don't right. listen. Right. And, and I, I wonder to whoever wrote this question, for all those men, whenever... By the time you found out that they cheated on you, did you have red flags that really went off? 
and told you that this ain't the one or that this is something sus, whatever it may be. And at that point, I would really look at that list and I would see what I saw that attracted me. So you already know there's like this shiny thing that happens in relationships that make you like, ooh, I think that that's good for me. And then what did you really want from them that probably wasn't fulfilled, right? And then you gotta be real with yourself to, to say, why did you listen to yourself in these red flags? And that's where you really have to have a conversation with yourself about why you don't pay attention right. to her, her inside there. Because every woman is built with a her who, who speaks to you, who calls you out. And when your intuition is really strong, like a muscle, you've got to work it out. When it's so strong, you not only know yourself well, but you know them too. That's right. You see them and you can just read it like a book if they're right or they're not, or if they're being real or they're not. So that's the first step I would do. Yeah, get it, Roxanne. She got some Roxmosis look, going look, on. Too. Ooh, ooh. Look, this is the episode mm-hmm. of Hey Roxanne. You hey. know what I'm saying? The only thing I'm going to say, because you did an excellent job, oh. is that when you get that need list, figure out how you give yourself those needs first. Ooh. Facts. Right? Practice. Ooh. We think that we mm. don't have to practice shit. We don't have no relationship manual. We don't have no mother manual. No one gave us nothing. Mm. We learn by, we, we all are walking around with learned behaviors that can be unlearned. Right. Okay? Yeah. So when you do your need list, give yourself those things first and figure out what that means. Write about it, journal about it, do what you got to do. But give it to yourself first at least once and then think about how you want to move forward because that list will get smaller and you will only be needing a couple of things from somebody else Mm. because you will be able to fulfill it for yourself. That's work you have to do. None of this relationship shit work, it doesn't happen without work. So you got to show up having done some work. Yeah, no, no, thank you all. Um, We only got a couple of seconds left. Y'all really broke that. <laughs> that was beautiful. Lux. That Look, was a good question. That was no, really that was good. A, thank you. Thank you for these questions. Um, and it's pretty cool to, um, you know, have an iPad with, with questions, um, which is great. Um, but, you know, Jeannie Mai, or I should say Jeannie, thank you so much for coming and being on the me. podcast. We just feel really blessed um, to have you. And I just feel like this is the beginning of a a beautiful friendship and relationship. Like I just, that's just how I feel. Maybe I'm lying to myself, but, um, I don't, I don't think so. What what do you think, Ross? I don't think so. I think that we talked about it just before we were coming out here. Yeah. That, um, this was in the making, right? Um, this is what was supposed to happen. Yeah. And we talked together yeah. as if we didn't just meet. We talked like, yeah. I know you, right? We did that. And then we yeah. even had a moment, which I want to say Keith was running around. And Gina and I were in the back for a while and we sat quietly with each mm. other. Quiet. It was silent. Yes. But we were very comfortable and uh-huh. our energy and it felt was safe. Yes, it was vibing. And we just yeah. sat there quietly for a long time. Yeah. We didn't have to talk. 
Yeah. And that's how you know who you in the company of. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's right. That's safety. Right. And we don't always feel safe with a lot of people. So so um, so thank you for that. But, um, you know, big shout out to James Monroe um, for the work that he does and the belief, you know, that he had in me and, and this whole concept and, and the Museum of Science, because um, the museum is trying to do different things. And, you know, we're having this conversation in the Museum of Science, y'all. Like, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. So thank you to the crew. Thank you to everybody else. Um, but you've been listening to Living a Triggered Life podcast with Keith Maskell. Roxanne Maskell and... Jeannie Mai Jenkins. Hey. hey. Presented by the, tr- <laughs> the Trigger Project. And remember... You're no longer surviving, you're thriving, and you've earned that. Thank you. Thank you. Let's have another hand for the Living a Trigger Life podcast with special guest Jeannie Mai Jenkins. Jeannie, Roxanne, Keith, thank you, thank you, thank you for A, agreeing to be here at the Museum of Science and to share uh, this really important um, and special conversation with all of us. I can't thank you enough. Um, I feel like I have three new friends as well, so thank you. Um, I want to say thank you to our Discounts friends. Discounts at the museum! Yeah! <laughs> Discount double check! Yeah. <laughs> I want to say thank you to our friends at Science Sandbox for making tonight possible. Thank you to all of you for joining us and spending your Thursday night with us. Uh, we hope you will continue to do so all season long. We're going to end the virtual stream. We're going to say goodnight to our digital friends. Thank you for tuning in. And for all of you who are here in person, we're going to invite you to keep the party going with us. Us, keep the conversation going. Uh, we have a reception that's going to happen right now, one floor down. The DJ is going to be spinning again. There's a step and repeat. We just ask you keep those masks fully on, except for an actively eating or drinking, and we will see you down there. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs>